Well, another great supporter of ours is Mark Bickley, and uh, this is a, this is a season, the silly season, when you get all excited. The grand finals only a week ago. He's been through a couple of times. Lot he's been through it many, many times. But it's a great week, a lot of anticipation, and Bix joins us now. Bix, how are you? Well, I'm well, David. Malcolm, how are you? Do you remember a lot of your grand final week, the build-up? I mean, you did it back-to-back. Um, did you do the motorcade and all that over there in Melbourne? Yeah, that we did. Um, and I think that's particularly the first year, I think that's a little bit of the attraction, you know, actually going through that whole process. And and um, and Malcolm, having done it before, was great with his advice in regards to just enjoying it and soaking it all in. And, and you know, you're allowed to enjoy it. In, in the build-up, and it's part of it, that just sort of understanding, sort of understanding where it fits into the whole week. So we certainly did that. Did the um, the parade, and then went and had a training session, and um, yeah, then sort of relaxed after that. But it's you know it's certainly an enjoyable part of the of the week. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, I just want to go to the end of the game. Uh, people have asked me, and I've tried to describe what the feelings like being a player out on the ground, MCG, the siren and the siren sounds. Just explain what you felt, Mark, as a player for the Crows in 97. Um, I think it was probably, like, the, the, the instant feeling was relief, first and foremost. Um, I, I think as players, we, we tend to have this sort of fear of going through our whole careers and, and perhaps not sort of tasting the ultimate success. And, and particularly, at, you know, I think I was about 28 years of age. So, you know, you start to wonder... You know, the three years prior we hadn't made finals, and, and you just wonder whether it's going to happen. So there's there's that element of relief, but there's also the the euphoria um, that you mentioned. That, that yes, we've done it. It's you know, for some people, it's a journey of a couple of years. For you know, I think there were six or seven of us that were there at the very inception of the club. So very few people just to start a club and then go all the way and still be there when you have the ultimate success. So. That's part of it as well, like that, that great achievement. But then this is the thing that where it gets interesting is when you run into each player, you know, you sort of look at each player and you give them a hug. It actually means something different with each one. So, yeah. for example, yeah. you know, when I look at Nigel Smart, Nigel and I had been at South Adelaide at the very depth and then we at the, at the start of the Crows and then we'd seen that all the way through. And clearly that's a lot different to, you know, what it was when I looked into the eyes of you know, a Tyson Edwards who, had, you know, was just starting his journey and had been such a, a talented youngster, but was a pretty shy and, and um, uh, you know, maybe a little bit reserved. So each, each person you see is a different a different feeling, a different sort of emotion uh, because you've, you've had different journeys and different sort of interactions along the way. Can you remember what you were thinking during the game? I think both both games you were down at half time. I think St Kilda slightly up by maybe one or two goals and certainly North Melbourne up by four goals. Uh, with all the noise going around, uh, is your mind just on the job, Bix, or do you do you stray and think, oh no, we're we're down a couple, we we need to win this? Can you see it slipping away? I mean, how how do you think? Can you think back then? Yeah, look, I, I can only sort of remember sort of certain elements of the game, and there is a lot of anxiety that goes through your mind during the game around team performance, around individual performance. But sort of the most memorable ones were were more so around when you, you realise that you're going to win. That, that's the, you know, that's that sort of, that moment. I can remember when you watch the replay back, particularly against St Kilda, when you're watching the replay back, you pretty much know you're going to win yeah. from probably halfway through the last yeah. quarter. But when I was actually playing, I don't reckon I 
actually let myself think that we were going to win until about a minute or so to go. So, you know, your, your mind plays tricks on you. You think they're still coming at you. So you, you're staying in the game as best you can. But then when that realisation does happen, and like I said, for me, it was about a minute to go, maybe even less when Nigel kicked that last goal and the ball goes back to the middle. You just look around and you think, geez, yeah. it's 28 or 29 minutes in, we're five goals up or whatever it was. But it was a bit, the North Melbourne game, I think, was probably a little bit more um, in terms of a bit more time and a bit more understanding that we were going to win. And there was, you might have told this story a few times where, I'm not sure who it was, Peter Bell might have kicked it behind and someone, uh, and someone will have this ball somewhere, just grabbed the ball and just took off up the stairs and <laughs> ran straight out of the stadium. And so... Because in those days, you literally had one ball. And so whilst they were trying to get a new ball, there was probably about a minute and a half where you just were waiting for the new ball to be grabbed from the bench and run on. And I was sort of sucking in a few deep ones and I was on my hands and knees and I looked over at Kane Johnson. It was about five or 10 metres away. And he just winked at me and they had a big smile on his face. And so it's little things like that that you remember. And there's that realisation with 10 minutes to go, we're going to, well, yeah. maybe not even that, eight minutes to go, we're probably going to win the game. So that's a, that's a great memory I have with Kane and something we, we've joked about since. It's amazing. We've got the coach here sitting with me and we're talking to the captain on the phone, Mark Pickley. I want to ask you, Blighty, the last quarter St Kilda, the thing that comes into my mind always is the quarter of Darren Jarman. Now, I know McLeod won the Norm Smith, played a... But Darren Jarman's last quarter is almost taking the you-know-what out of Jamie Shanahan. And so sitting up there and seeing it unfold, when did you think, hey, we got this? Because you've been there yourself. You've been on winning and losing grand finals. Yeah, no, it's, I, a bit like Mark. I, I mean, it's deep into the last quarter. I mean, it, you know, it all unfolds. Did you say, that's my boy? That's my boy. <laughs> well, we sort of, uh, yeah, the kid called Simon Goodwin came off the back of the square and uh, Darren actually played full forward in that last quarter, but ran from the square. So not a lot of people had seen that before, and thank goodness they hadn't. Uh, it sort of worked for us. But you still need the players to keep on doing it. Well, you know, Mark, the question I asked you for, because I was asked last week uh, for a thing in Melbourne about my time at North Melbourne and the first grand final that they ever won in 1975, which I was fortunate to be part of. But I just remember when the siren went, I mean, we won sort of a bit like what the Crows did, but like the, the mm. chest, you know, that just the, I don't know, the euphoria coming out of your body. It's hard to describe. And I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved in grand finals and I've never seen a bad grand final winner. Yeah. Everyone everyone knows <laughs> what to do in every level of sport, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just not footy. Just but, jump around but just in our <laughs> game, we know. Mate, I, I felt my chest, I felt like I was floating in the air. It was an amazing feeling when, you know, just on the ground amongst the heat of it. So it's one of those vivid memories that, and yet, can I just say, and this sounds, when I won the second one as a player, which, which you've been through too, it wasn't as chest thumping. It was it was just enjoyment, if, if you know what I mean. Was the that the week after the draw, the second one? Or yes, it was, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. So, but the first one and then the second one, you think, oh, that's great. We've done it again. But it wasn't. Yeah. Did you feel the same in 98 after well, the Crows second a bit? Well, I I don't know. I actually enjoyed 98 a bit more. I thought it was hard. Like, we came from further back. Mm. And, and also there was, I, I don't know whether we had, a, well, I certainly felt a bit of a chip on our shoulder. A lot of people said, oh, you only beat St Kilda. And yeah. they hadn't been in the grand final yeah. march. And, and, and when we were playing North Melbourne, North Melbourne were sort of, you know, the powerhouse side of the 90s. They'd yes. played in a heap of prelims. They'd won a, a flag in 96. You know, people said they should have made the, the, the granny in 97, but they didn't. They had arguably one of the game's best players in the team. And, you know, 
being able to sort of back it up, it just proved that it wasn't a fluke the first time. So, so I, and, and personally as well, I actually played a bit better in 98. I was, you know, disappointed with my own performance. Not, not disappointed that we, that we won, but you always want to, you know, perform on the big stage. And I just felt like I was a little bit, I was exhausted by, I played every game that year and it was tw- my 26th game for the wow. year. I was just stuffed. Whereas in 98, I think I had a, a little hamstring in about round 20, had a week off, came back for the last minor round game, might've been two weeks off. And I just felt so much fresher yeah. and better. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that a bit more. That, that moment you talked about that where your chest expands and, you know, you talked about feeling, you know, like you're floating. I sort of, um, felt a, a similar thing was was more so that that big roar when we you and I were sort of able to thrust that cup up in the air. Yeah. I felt like, and I look at the every year that it happens, and I see the same look in in the player and the coach's eyes. It feels like you could get a machine gun and fire it at that person, and the bullets would just bounce off your chest. You <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. like yeah. you're bulletproof right yeah. at that moment. Yeah. This sort of sense of euphoria and and excitement and adrenaline all just pumps up, and there's that giant roar. And you, and you know that everyone, you know, your teammates and every supporter is sort of all sort of reaching that crescendo at the same time. I think it's that, it's the moment for me. Yeah. And there's this great pitch I saw, a little bit of Michael Voss, I'm not quite sure what year it was, but he, when he did it, he looked like a frill neck lizard. Every, every bit of him expanded. He just looks, he just, and I, could, I just knew that was exactly what he was feeling, that same thing where the yeah. adrenaline rushes through. And that's the moment when it's sort of, it's almost official, like, that is the crowning glory when, when you actually lift that cup up. It's a great signifier, I reckon, of, of this is it. We've, we've made it. Bix, my favourite game of commentary was the 98 grand final. I remember the score at halftime, 6.15 to 4.3. And I remember saying at halftime, there's still a pulse. Everyone's saying this is all over 21 scoring shots to, to seven or whatever. What did Bloody say? Can you remember much of halftime and what were you players thinking coming in? Because they were all over. And had they kicked straight, to be honest, they probably would have won the game. But mm-hmm. they didn't kick straight. Well, look, the, my, my, the only recollection I have is really around Malcolm just saying to us that don't for a second think that this is it and it's been a great journey just to get here and that we can, you know, it's just not our day. And, and I, that's about as much as I can remember. And then it was really about, you know, we still have to fight this out. We're still in it. And, you, and Malcolm broke it down into a little piece. We were four goals behind. He said, if we win this quarter by two goals, we'll be mm. two goals behind at three-quarter time. And we finish strongly. We're really fit. We'll, we'll give ourselves a chance. So that was the aim, basically, along with a few other, you know, encouragements. You know, I'd say they were pretty strong encouragement to a couple of players. <laughs> but I then remember at three-quarter time, you know, Malcolm saying, because we were even at three-quarter time, he said, well, I said we had to be within two goals. Guess what? We have, we're even. <laughs> we just have to win and this win last quarter by a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah that was... And, and I remember actually smiling at that, you know, coming in and saying, oh, I wanted to be two goals down. We're actually even. And you sort of felt with yourself, we're in front of this, you know, we're in front of the game. So, you know, we and we did have that supreme belief in our own fitness and the work that we'd done. And we had training. We're a really hard training team. And, and it was quite methodical as well with, with Malcolm and Neil Craig, both sort of working really well together. So that belief, you know, really helped us in that last quarter. Yeah, good memories. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just thinking, just taking it all in and thinking, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, a few, few blokes uh, got a kick in the last quarter, which is great. Now, Mark, grand final day. It's coming up this weekend. Collingwood v Brisbane. 
probably were the best two teams as it's turned out for the mm. year, which is unusual. Doesn't happen a lot where one and two play off for the grand final. Do, do you have a favourite? Do you, do you have any leanings towards a team in this year's grand final? I have a rule of thumb, Malcolm, and 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 it's basically like having lived through the excitement of what it's like to win a premiership. I, I just have this belief that the more people that get to experience, the the richer our game is. And and so, if there's a team that that have won it recently, um, and they've got you know 15 premiership players in there, and they're playing against a team that have got maybe one or no players in it, I want the team that has the least amount of premiership mm-hmm. players in there to actually to get that opportunity. Um, I'm just having to think about it. You know, Pendlebury's probably won one, and there's there might be a couple of other blokes Side in there bottoms. from. Yeah. Uh, Who's that, sorry? Side bottom as well. Yeah, so, yeah, side bottom and a couple of those older guys. But there's not a huge amount. And you look at Brisbane and it's pretty much the same. Like, like So I don't really have... Uh... Oh, we lost, just lost Bix there. I don't know what, what happened there. Are you there? Sorry, Bix, we just lost you for a moment. I was just saying, um, I, you know, in terms of allegiances, I did spend some time you know, coaching Charlie Cameron when I was looking after the forwards at Adelaide. And I just loved the person he's turned into, the player he is, the, the enthusiasm he brings, he plays the state in the right spirit. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get angry or carried away. He's just, he's just so exciting to watch. So I sort of hope that, you know, Charlie's been there once, didn't quite work out in 2017 that he gets the opportunity. So I'm probably leaning towards Brisbane if I had to split hairs. Yeah, I'm going. And what about the Brownlow tonight? Oh, yeah, Who's your, your tip? Yeah, you know, I think I think Zach Butters uh, can do it for Port Adelaide. You know, if you look at Dacos, you know, there's a you know the, he's not going to poll in those games where he missed with injury. The game he went off, he's going to he's not going to poll. Yeah, last six he won't. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's a you know, and I reckon looking at it, I reckon Butters probably polls about eight or nine votes in those last X amount of games. So it, it all comes down to um, will he turn up in front? And then the other thing with Butters is it's not a, like this is his first year where he's had a really breakout season. So, you know, I think there's some that he polled many votes before this year. I think his best is four, four leading votes. into this year. So there's, yep. yeah, there's this sort of theory that, oh, you know, the umpires don't notice you and, you know, until next year he'll poll much better. I just, I'm not sure I signed up to that. I just think that he's such an infectious style of player and the way that he played, I just feel like he's going to do enough to actually get yeah. the chocolates. Bottom Pelly and Neil and those guys will be really uh, right up there. Bottom Pelly will probably suffer the fact that the Bulldogs dropped away in terms of their wins later in the year. Um, so yeah, who knows, but I'm with the local yeah. lad and hope Zach Butters gets it done. I think Petrarch is my pick because no Oliver, but hey, just before you go, Nathan Bassett's contract not renewed with Port Adelaide. He's been there a while. Are you surprised with that call? Yeah, look, I am. Um, oh, look, on one hand, I am, and on the other, I'm, I'm sort of not so much. Uh, I guess not, not taking out the the personalities and the individuality out of it. Like, if you look back at um, what Richmond did when they ended up reappointing Damien Hardwick, when they decided to go with the coach again, and uh, this was before he had that premiership success, I think it was the end of 2016, they they backed him in, but then they I think they went and they found some people. Uh, they changed the number of the assistants. So you know, if you maybe you recognise these are the areas that the senior coach is strong in, 
And the areas we need to beef up, well, if we're going to do that, we're going to do that through the assistant coach sort of regime. So um, I just wonder whether they maybe identified some areas that they, they felt they were light on in the assistant coaches, and then it becomes a bloody lot. Yeah, Victor, we're just, just breaking up there, but, uh, mate, thanks for all that. I agree with everything you said. Thanks for your grand final memories, your, your tip for the Brownlow, and, and talking about Nathan Bassett, Mark Bickley there, our guest.